0: To our first podcast of Elephant in Our Room, where we will explore this metaphor of the elephant in the room in relation to our contemporary work environments. I'm Richard Barber.
1: And I'm Sue Fang Law.
0: And we're involved in exploring ways to create new processes for transforming workplace conflict.
1: We hope to open up conversations about elephants in our workplaces and the various creative responses we find are happening in our community.
0: In today's episode, our very first episode of Elephant in Our Room, we're introducing this metaphor and the project it has inspired. So Shufang, do you remember when we first started discussing the idea of the elephant in the room?
1: Oh, yeah, Richard. We started these conversations in early 2019. Mm-hmm. I remember that we started sharing stories of our friends and colleagues who were struggling with their workplace dynamic and conflict and it's was just surprised how many of them are afraid to openly discuss mm. the issues and also we found out that it seems to be a pattern that occurs across sectors and industries we have friends working private sectors governments area and non-profit sectors international organization and even startups
0: yeah it was very much across the board mm. and it was it was interesting how the symbolic references to the elephant kept emerging through the many parables and metaphors that that both seem to resonate with with both of us.
1: Oh, yes, totally. It's so interesting when we start talking about it. Elephant's metaphor or their image, their, you know, statues keep popping up everywhere. We talk about the six blind men and the elephants. And we also heard of the white elephant and the book about shooting an elephant by George Orwell. Mm we were loving how just many so many relevant and powerful metaphors that we can use to communicate this phenomena of a highly complex conflict
0: and and then there's the personal connection with Malaysia being your homeland mm-hmm. and Thailand being my home for over 15 years giving elephants a special meaning in various ways to both of us I think and I mean, you mentioned that the parable of the blind man and the elephant was something you grew up with, but it was the first time I heard it, so perhaps you could share a little of the story?
1: Oh, yes, Richard. I love this parable. It's, well, I, I remember that I first heard of it as a child, and I think it's is a children's, you know, children's stories. It's about a group of blind men heard that as a strange animal called an elephant. Had been brought to the town, and uh, no, none of them were aware of this, its shapes and form. So out of curiosity, they said, "Oh, we must inspect and how it, you know, how they know about it by touching it." And this is what we can do. And each lends their hands on different parts of the elephant's body, and acclaim, "This is what elephant should be." So, in the case of the first blind man, whose hand landed on the trunk, said. Well, the elephant is like a thick snake. <laughs> 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 and then for another blind man whose hands reach its ear, it seems like a kind of soft, flat fan. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then for the third blind man, whose hands was uh, uh, landed on its legs, the elephant's leg, and say that, oh, the elephant is like a rough pillar, almost like a tree trunk.
0: Mm, well, that makes sense. Mm, <laughs> mm.
1: And the fourth blind man who placed his hands upon the side of the elephant, and disagreed with the others and claimed that the elephant is like a rough solid wall. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth man felt that the to- the tail of the elephant described elephant as a rope. Mm-hmm. And finally, the last man felt the elephant tusk, and stating that the elephant is like um it's a hard, smooth, and you know like a spear. Mm. So really interesting that I like this parable because if we put ourselves in each of their shoes, each of them is right. But if we step out and understand the big pictures, they were all incorrect, isn't it? Mm. So I, I think that, you know, six blind men and the elephant metaphor beautifully illustrate a range of truth and fallacies because when we Often in a situation that we can be right and wrong at the same time, and more so, we I, I like the parable because it shows that right or wrong isn't always black and white.
0: Mm. It, it's a really strong idea. This idea, mm. the notion that you can be right and wrong at the same time, and mm. it, it sort of nicely encapsulates the disputed space, that grey area that we we like to work with. Mm. And it's in curious. It's curious in contrast. the The elephant in the room metaphor emerged in the West, or so it seems. Um, But it would be interesting to see how it is interpreted in Mm. different contexts Mm. and if it is used in different contexts around the world. I've done a bit of reading and the origins of the elephant in the room metaphor and not they're not entirely clear. So there's subtle references in Mark Twain's The Stolen White Elephant. There's an elephant in the museum in Dostoevsky's novel Demons. Mm Several examples of its use in public discourse in the US and the UK in the early 1900s. And there's a comic scene in the 1930s Broadway musical Jumbo, Mm. where the actor is asked about the elephant he brings on stage and gets the reply, what elephant? So (laughs) suggesting, yes, the, the idea behind the metaphor there. More recently, there was some controversy over the use of an elephant as art during the barely legal exhibition of the British street artist, Banksy, when he painted an elephant in a metaphorical work addressing issues of global poverty. So it's clear that the elephant in the room metaphor has evolved with a basic intent Mm. and at its essence, it's a reflection on an issue that's prominent and obvious yet it's avoided or ignored either as it's too big or too uncomfortable to address.
1: Oh yeah, I totally agree with you, Richard. Since we started this project, so many of my colleagues resonate with this metaphor and talk openly about how often they're too afraid to raise the issue. And many have to tiptoe around the topic using code when they talk. Uh, A colleague told me that she has to go to somebody else's office, close the office door behind her and then whisper the problem. And it's really interesting to see that people felt they need to dis- discuss the problem, but there's always a but.
0: There's a but. Yeah, Yeah, I, I think that but is indicative mm. of the discomfort in addressing these issues. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's interesting that some of our colleagues have shown uh, some discomfort in our use of the metaphor uh, itself. Mm. Um, and so the, the notion of Mm-hmm. Uh, public discourse around these issues is, is difficult. Mm. Um, I, m- maybe on that point, I'd like to share an experience I had in Thailand that relates to these concerns. And ironically, it's almost literally a story of an elephant in our room within the context of living in northern Thailand. So at that time, working at a place called the Makampom Art Space with uh, our theatre group. And in uh, 2010, we were approached by a German advertising firm to host their team for fi- filming a 3G commercial. 3G? 3G, yeah, it's quite historical <laughs> <That's> already. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this commercial, they wanted to bring an elephant into it. And um, funnily enough, a truck arrived the day before, the afternoon before, with an elephant and a hood coming out asking if the elephant could stay over- overnight. So we almost literally had an elephant in our room.
1: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: And we, we did. We spent hours watching the elephant eat its way through many of our plants and trees to meet its daily 250 kilogram diet, If we heard they need to eat. That's huge. Yeah. And, and, and many local villages and kids wandered over to see our unexpected guest. Mm. But at the same time, it brought us back to some of the ongoing debates in Northern Thailand around the issues of elephant captivity, questions around the destruction of habitats and the ethics of elephant tourism as the basis of both conservation and exploitation alike. So our our work with stateless communities in that region also taught us that the mahutza handlers were often undocumented migrant workers, spanning those who had grown up with an elephant to those who were revolving staff in the mass tourism industry. So there's a lot of debates around ethics mm. in the world of the elephant in mm. northern Thailand. Mm. And, and we can say that that's part of that grey area. And as romantic as it was that we had an elephant stay at our art space, we can still see the tree that she loved to rub against is still bent today. <laughs> but the real elephant in the room... Uh, surrounds the question as to whether, perhaps whether she should have been there in the first place.
1: It's so interesting. I think what it really raises this issue of ethics and the dilemma as well. And these are the questions that we are hoping to explore.
0: Perhaps this is a good time to talk about what has sparked this project, Elephant in Our Room. Shufang, could I ask you about your motivations or perhaps inspirations?
1: All right, thank you, Richard. Uh, Well, I research and lecture in peace and conflict in universities, have worked with international peace-building organizations like the United Nations in Indonesia and Malaysia. I'm trained as an accredited mediator for over 15 years. and. All these spaces um, have really given me some really interesting insight about conflict and Mm -hmm. conflict resolution, and especially after uh, mediating in a multicultural community Mm -hmm. in Melbourne. So I acknowledge that we need to use different tools for different kind of conflict, but I also see trends that. Workplace and organizations are increasingly relying on litigious, adversarial, and short term and almost transactional approach to address workplace conflict. Mm. So, I look forward to opening these conversations. Mm,
0: mm. I mean, for, for me, in our dialogue theatre process, uh, we use the term creating safe spaces for difficult conversations. So, it's that idea of yeah, opening these conversations is central to my. My interest too, mm. and mm. although I've worked in various academic spaces, it's really through my theatre theatre proce- practice, I should say, mm. over the past three decades that I've been exposed to conflict contexts most, and through that, inspired by conflict transformation approaches, I can say, mm. I did mention dialogue theatre, which was developed by our theatre group in Thailand uh, called Makampom Pom, and. This was to try and impact on the national red shirt, yellow shirt conflict that you're probably Mm -hmm. familiar with. And through over the last two decades, it's really polarized the country down to the family and organizational levels, including our own theatre group. And we found that this situation uh, required a a very active response. And so Dialogue Theatre was opened up. As a space to talk and and imagine new possibilities amidst some of the violent conflict and oppressive laws that were, that were basically everywhere. Mm. Uh, what's been perhaps most ex- most surprising, however, has been the similar need for dialogue here in Australia.
1: It's so interesting to hear about your perspective and your work in Thailand, Richard. Well, as a Malaysian residing and working in Australia for nearly 20 years now. I can share that many people around the world perceive Australia as a peaceful country.
0: Mm, mm.
1: Many people dream about the opportunity to be able to work in Australia, yet my research in peace and conflict has found that the mainstream Australia tends to identify conflict and violence as something only happen elsewhere Mm. and consider peace building and conflict transformation projects and only apply in conflict zone Mm -hmm. and somewhere far away. Like in Africa or in Asia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, we, if we take on the perspective of a broader and deeper view, and can, as confirmed in many social research, that Australia's face similar challenges and is not exempted from a wider range of structural and systemic and cultural issues, such as gender violence, racism, discrimination, and inequality.
0: Mm. I can say that it's been interesting, returning to live in Australia, how surprised I've been to see how difficult conversations have become here, Um, and and including these conversations around discrimination and, and inequality. It feels like many of these issues that have long been suppressed have found the light of day, which is so important, but we are struggling to address them. And uh, we're also seeing how this naturally translates into our workplaces.
1: Mm, I think the timing is right. Um, recently CSIRO have released a 2060 report mm-hmm. which urges Australian institutions and organisations to get ready and respond to the broader challenges. Okay. Mm, the report identifies six top challenges. Mm. They are, first, distrust of institution. Mm. Secondly, demographic change. Thirdly, social cohesion. then disruptive technology, climate change, and the rise of Asia. Mm. And interestingly, WorkSafe Victoria has reported that work-related stress is the second most common compensated injuries or illness in Australia.
0: Mm, it's, it's not surprising actually. Mm,
1: mm. Mm. But what we need to look at is that uh, how do organization responds to work stress. So many organizations have invested on the kind of intervention that are often litigious and adversarial.
0: Mm.
1: And the focus on the individuals and their struggle. Like the six blind men and the elephant, these interventions are increasingly problematic and inadequate to address the broader issue. So we need to look at the issue from a holistic perspective, or we can call it an ecological perspective.
0: I I like this idea of the ecological perspective. It it suggests in itself that conflicts are manifested at different levels. And this could be from the individual, whether in terms of attitudes and behaviours, to interpersonal working relationships to the institutionalized and often bureaucratic systems and structures that are commonplace now in our contemporary workplaces. And the, the area that perhaps most relates to the the metaphor of the elephant in the room is that of culture, and the idea of cultural change in itself suggests this difficulty that is so difficult or uncomfortable to address. Mm. But I I like to work with the idea that an ecological or a transformative approach can genuinely influence positive change and from my experience, while it's always been difficult and and certainly rarely smooth, such a complex approach has certainly been the most rewarding and effective.
1: Mm, I loved it. I really think there is space for applied conflict transformation in contemporary work environment.
0: I, I think so. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, one of the questions I'm interested in is how employees at various levels and in different uh, diverse workplaces, how do they engage in conversations in their workplace? Are there spaces for dialogue within the workplace about these issues? And does it actually happen? And, and if so, does it work?
1: Yes, this is very interesting. And we see this podcast as part of the process of opening up these conversations mm. through this project. We hope to create a distinctive and safe space where people feel comfortable to go to, particularly for those who are facing or struggling with addressing their own unique elephant in a room. The podcast will be part of a broader project that we hope to provide resources and information alongside workshops, training and research. We look forward to developing diverse support network and appreciate that every elephant will be unique to different organizations and we are open for sharing ideas about good practices and positive change.
0: Hmm. We're excited to bring different voices to share their diverse experience of of addressing their elephants in their organisations. So we invite you to join us every fortnight and connect with us through our website elephantinourroom.com.au So that brings our first episode to a close, perhaps time to give the elephant a chance to relax.
1: Yes, we look forward to having you join us two weeks from now to explore more ideas and perspective. Thanks for joining us.